Lord, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to spend time together in your word, to learn about your people, how they think, how we tick, how you've created us, Lord. I pray for the the words, and we ask for your guidance today. And may your name be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we start talking about oral communicators around the world, let me ask you, how many of you go on mission trips or have a heart to go on mission trips outside the U.S.? I'm guessing that's a majority of why you're here. We need to discuss what the statistics are for literacy in the United States first. Does anyone have an idea what the published literacy rate in the United States is? Give me an idea. Just guess. Yes. 97%. Wow. 97, 98% is about where the literacy stats are in the United States. But it's very interesting. There's a little asterisk. Next to that, 98%. And it says 85% are functionally literate. Well, what does that mean? The National Adult Literacy Survey did a study in the 90s and again in the 2000s, and they discovered something interesting. What I'd like you to do is everybody stand up. Okay, they discovered that in the United States, 14% cannot read. And that would be probably about half right here, 14 sit. Just sit down right here. You stay standing. Now sit down. You can sit. (laughs) That's this much of the United States cannot read. Then they discovered another 29% are what they would call functionally literate. That means they can read a stop sign, a menu, but if you ask them to read a paragraph and tell you what it said, they probably will not be able to do it. That's functionally literate. 29%. So the total of 14 and 29 is 43. Okay, you all sit down. Half of this sit down and this row sit down. Okay? That is 43% of the United States must get their information in an oral format. Take a look. That's almost half the U.S. Okay? Now, another 44% of the United States are preferred oral communicators. That's me. I'm a preferred oral communicator. I can read just fine. They may even have a PhD. But ask them if they want to read a book or go to the movies. What do you think they'll say? Movies. That's me. 44% plus 43% is what? 87%. It's a good thing we don't have to read to be mathematicians. (laughs) (laughs) Sit. Everybody up to these first two rows, sit. There you go. Columns. No, you guys get to stand. So now looking back at the rest of the United States, we have a must get their information in an oral format or prefer to have their information in an oral format. Just take a look for a second. That's a lot of people, isn't it? The rest of the 13% of the United States are what we would call highly literate. That means they have no problem getting their information in a literate fashion. That's these folks over here. Who do you think is writing the curriculums in the seminaries, in the schools? Do you see a little disconnect here? (laughs) Just a little. All right, have a seat. Thank you, folks. I was doing a training in Ireland, and I had done these statistics with four people up front. And when the first person who represents the non-literate is up here, we always cede to them a pair of reading glasses, a pen, and a Bible, because it happens. And we ask, why do you think that person who can't read would have 
reading glasses, a pen, and a Bible if they can't read. Think about it. Why do you think that would be? eyesight problem so they would forget their glasses and oh I forgot my glasses I can't read today ever heard that before okay and this businessman came up to me at the end and he said how did you know I said how did I know what (laughs) 50 years old in his early 50s successful in business and he had been ministering the gospel for years with his bible open on the desk and he says, that's, I couldn't read until last year, and that's what I did. He carried a pen. He walked into an office. A friend of his owned several dealerships in Ireland. He walked into his friend's office, and his friend picked up a pencil, and the guy says, you can't read. And his friend said, how did you know? By the way, the man picked up the pencil. It's around us. A pastor in Fort Worth, Texas, came to our, our, our table at, at a conference one time, and he was angry. He says, you keep talking about the people out there. He says, what are you going to do for my church here? Half my church can't read. We've learned to hide it well. If you wonder why people aren't accepting of the gospel, I'm going to explain why here in a second. There are literate and oral methods. There are literate and oral delivery systems, and they're two different things. The delivery system that's oral is something that's spoken, something that's audible. But content that is oral is different. Oral in nature, which is what we're discussing here, content that is in a story format, such as songs, dramas, that is oral in nature. That is why movies are successful. It's a story. That is why most of the documentaries you see on TV have a story wrapped around the information. And that's why it's easily understood. Let me ask you, how many of you remember the stories that your pastor told on Sunday or the three points he was trying to get across? Raise your hand if you remember the stories better than the three points. I'm the story person. That's because even though he's speaking the information, the three points are a literate method. Literate in content. It's hard for people to remember. They must take notes to remember the information. And that's what we're here to do is to help you see a different way of delivering the gospel. For years we've been wrapping... The gospel in a literate fashion, the Romans road. That's a literate fashion. The four spiritual laws. That's literate in nature. When we take that information and hand it to people in a literate way, they're kind. They nod their heads. They thank you for coming. But when you walk away, you don't know how they're understanding it. And most of the time, they leave the sermons that have come to their village And they say, do you have any idea what he was saying? No, but he was a nice man. (laughs) So, why don't I demonstrate an oral method of delivering the gospel? Does that sound good? All right. Who has a Bible? Come on. Peoples. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. Now, let me just say, before I tell you this Bible story, I want to try something briefly. Go ahead and put your pens down, put your papers away for a few minutes, and let's do this story together. Back in the day when this story occurred, leprosy was incurable and it was contagious. And if anyone touched a leper, they were unclean, ceremonial unclean, until sundown. Now Jesus was in a place praying by himself when the disciples came to him and said, the people are looking for you. So he said, let's go to the towns so I can preach because that's why I came. So Jesus is preaching and casting out demons in the synagogues throughout all of Galilee. And this Bible story begins now. A leper came to Jesus kneeling and begging and said, 
If you want to, you can make me clean. Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing, be clean. As soon as Jesus said these words, instantly the leprosy left the man and he was clean. Now Jesus instructed the man, don't tell anyone. Go, show yourself to the priest, offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to the priest. So the man goes out and he tells everyone, wherever he went, he told them. So much so that Jesus could no longer enter the city openly, but had to stay outside the city gates And the people came to Jesus from everywhere. And that's the end of this Bible story. Okay, we're going to try something. Go ahead and turn towards each other, with two people together. And one of you, tell whatever you remember from the story only, not the introduction. Just tell whatever you remember to the person sitting next to you. Pam, how you doing? I feel stuck. Um, how did it go? They're great. Okay. Great. Okay. I, see if it's too light. That's the only pen I've got. It's no problem. I'll, I'll work with it. Thanks. I'll give it a couple of minutes. Listen in. See if this gentleman wants to do it. Will, you want to do it for Pam? I'm listening. Best you can. No problem. inductive Bible study oral style okay so a leper came to Jesus and what kind of a position was he in when he came Submissive. submissive he was kneeling and begging and said to Jesus if you are willing you can what make me clean and Jesus was moved with compassion stretched out his hand and what did he do touched the man and then said to the man, I am, I am willing, be clean. And as soon as Jesus said these words, what happened? The leprosy left the man and was he clean? He was clean. Now Jesus instructed the man not to do something. What was it? Don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest. Offer what Moses commanded for his cleansing as a testimony to the priest. And, of course, the man went out and did what he was told. (laughs) What did the man do? Wherever he went, he told them. And so, as a result, Jesus had to go outside. And did anyone come to Jesus? From everywhere. Excellent. So we now have the story. Let's dig in together. Give me an idea what you think it might be like for this man who has leprosy, what might life be like for him? Shame from? Outcast? Hmm? What? Isolation? Lonely? Hmm? Cursed? Shame? Oppressed? Hopeless? Constant pain? 
So it's a wonderful lifestyle. We're all looking forward to it, right? No. And here this man comes to Jesus, and he's kneeling and begging. What does this man believe Jesus can do? He says, yeah, you can make me clean. But he states, if you're willing. What is this man asking of Jesus? To be willing. If you're willing, you can make me clean. It's a lot of faith. Now that's interesting, for Jesus to touch him because no one else would. Did Jesus have to touch the man to cleanse him? Show me from the story, because I agree with you, but I want to know the evidence from the story. First of all, Jesus was moved with compassion. What does that tell us about Jesus in regards to the leper? He cares about him. To the point of being moved with compassion. And then Jesus says something interesting to this man. Do you remember? I am willing. What is Jesus answering? Excuse me? His faith. Did Jesus have to tell the man he was willing? What are we learning about how Jesus cares for this man, besides being moved with compassion, besides healing him? What else is Jesus concerned about? Self-esteem? Meeting him where he is? Good. Excuse me? Reassuring him. That's a good one. I like that. God's will. I am willing. Interesting. Good observation. (laughs) Coming from a Christian, that's a great observation. It's right. Remaking him in the image of God. Okay. So Jesus tells him, I am willing after he has already touched him. Jesus has already touched the leper and then said, I am willing, be clean. Now, going back to the touching, we all said Jesus didn't have to touch the man to heal him. Is there proof in the story? In other stories, let's stay in this one. Remember, this is oral-style inductive Bible study, which means as best as we can, we stay in the story. So whether a person has ever read or heard that story before, we can all learn together. Okay, touches the man, says, I am willing, be clean. And as soon as Jesus said these words, what happened? He was clean. So where's our evidence? Huh? In Jesus speaking. That's all Jesus had to do was speak. So the touching, how do you think that might have made the leper feel? Just think about that. Accepted, probably the first time he's ever been touched. Uh, what? Who would be uncomfortable? Good observation. What? People are watching, thrilled, surprised. What? Connected. Shocked. Validated. Ooh. These are some, huh? Loved. Jesus, does he have a choice in this, what he chooses to do? He does, doesn't he? And yet we see Jesus making the choice of touching. There's something more in that touch. It's pretty amazing. And Jesus doesn't even have to tell the man, I'm willing. He doesn't have to say, I am willing. That was a choice too, wasn't it? So now the man is clean. Woohoo! What do you think about what the the cleansed man did after he was clean? What? Oh yeah, let's go shopping. Macy's. <laughs> we have a picture of what a, le- a leper looks like from some of the movies. Maybe some of us have that picture. Some of us have probably worked with people with leprosy. 
So the man has a choice right now. Jesus tells him to do what? Go to the priest and don't tell anyone. What do you think about what the man did? It's okay? What? He Oh, my gosh. Couldn't contain himself. No choice. He disobeyed. So we've got a couple of disobeyed. And we've got, I'm sure, a few of you who's thinking, well, he's excited. What's wrong with that? Here's the man who somebody said earlier had no hope. Who, who's the one who gives this man hope? Jesus. Hmm? He still disobeyed. Interesting. Do you think Jesus knew what the man was going to do before he healed him? Yes. Brings a new light on the situation, doesn't it? Hmm. <laughs> Reverse psychology. Yeah, so Jesus wanted to tell everybody, so he told them not to. <laughs> okay, we'll work on that theology a little later. The man, does he have a choice in what he does? He does. <laughs> the devil didn't make him do it. The man had a choice. Now, as a result, several things occur. Jesus has to go outside the city gates, and we won't go through it all. But let me ask you, who is affected by this one man's disobedience? The people in the city? Tell me why the people in the city are affected. Who's in the back? In the the priests, which I forgot to mention, are the ones who can deem a person clean. They were not able to heal, but they could say if the person was clean or not. Very good observation. As a result, Jesus, she mentioned, was going to preach in the synagogues throughout all of Galilee. Where are the synagogues? And Jesus, as a result, had to go outside the city. More people could see him. But it limited his ministry. Interesting. Let's talk about the people for a second. You're saying they were affected as well. So, typically, if he was healing or casting out demons, people... Have you ever seen... Somebody try to find some place that was new, who couldn't see. Hard. What about somebody who can't walk? Who's going to take that person to Jesus who's outside the city now? People were affected. Anyone else in this story who might have been affected by what this one man chose to do? The priest. Tell me why. I'm hearing something, but I'm not hearing it all. It usurped their authority. Very good observation. And he was supposed to be a testimony to who? The priest. So they missed out on that testimony. Here they are every day going, nope, you're not clean today. Nope, you're okay. Nope, you're not clean today. And they missed out on that testimony. What about the man who was clean? Was he affected at all? He wasn't restored to the community by the priest. It was the man's own testimony. It's a very good observation. So we have a lot of people affected by one man's disobedience. Do you think that possibly this man knew everybody that might have been affected? I didn't think about it, did he? Okay, let's move on. We can talk about this story a whole lot longer, but I got, I've got a whole lot of information to share with you. Let's move on. So what does this information mean to us today? What's the point of spending time in God's word if we're not going to take the word and apply it to our lives? What's the point? There isn't, is there? Okay, so let's talk about today. Are there people that are looking for hope? And healing in their lives. There are, aren't there? Who is the only one that can give hope and healing to people today? Jesus. Jesus. 
Sometimes he can do it through, he can, let me just back up. He can do it any way he wants to, but he's still the giver of the hope and the healing, isn't he? When people, let me ask you first of all, do people disobey what they're told today? Have we ever? Let's just bring it home here for a second. <laughs> Let's see if it, this applies to us in the room today. <laughs> Don't raise your hand. It's convicting, really. Sorry. Um, yeah. Do we know who is affected by our disobedience? Do we always know? We don't. What do we do about that? How do we handle that? We repent and say we're sorry. That's good. Any other ways that we can handle our own disobedience? Don't do it again. Easier said than done, but I agree. (laughs) That's right. Yes. Be more. Okay, be more informed, be more conscious of the situation, try not to do it again. That's good, that's good. He, Jesus, she brings up a really good point. Jesus was still able to glorify God. His ministry did not stop. It just shifted a little, didn't it? So we can ask God to glorify himself and use the situation in spite of us. Or is in spite? Is that a good word? Whew. Okay. Good stuff. Yes, ma'am. That's really good. Share our mistakes with our kids, our grandkids, so that they too can learn from us and recognize there are consequences to choices that we make. That's kind of about what you said. Did I get it? Great. Yes, ma'am. That's really good. Trust our Father's command or commands, whether they make sense or not, because it probably didn't make sense to this leper. Look, dude, I've been like this for a while. Let me go share a little, okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Yes, sir. Maybe the man was clean on the outside, but on the inside, not as clean as he could have been. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Yes, sir. Okay, so he's actually saying a couple of things. I'm going to address both of them. Maybe we ourselves can sacrifice our own lives when the untouchables come around, so to speak. I mean, come on, let's be honest. We're not always happy to be around those we would consider untouchable. And somebody else's untouchable is different from my untouchable. Okay, so we struggle with that as human beings. But the other side of the coin is you're saying that Jesus broke some religious laws. Actually scripturally, it was not against the law to touch a leper. It simply meant that he became unclean until sundown. Ceremonially unclean until sundown. Very interesting picture in this story. You see a little bit of a role reversal going on here. The leper who was probably most likely supposed to be outside the city gates and Jesus who was in the city and going to the cities As soon as Jesus touched the man and said, I'm willing, be clean, you see a little bit of a role reversal between the two? Who's going outside the city? And who's in the city? Does it remind you of something? He who had no sin. Go ahead, say it, somebody. Became Became sin for us. Understand it was only until sundown. 
Interesting. Yes, ma'am. Also, this picture of Jesus being so clean that he, I don't know, that he made the leper clean by touching him. Okay. He, he like, just... He said, be clean, and as soon as he said those words, instantly the leprosy left him. Jesus took on something. He who was not clean became clean, and he who was clean became unclean until sundown. Interesting. Okay, that's a sample of inductive Bible study, oral style. It's very oral in nature in the fact that nobody had to open their books to get the story, did they? It was a story as well. And the inductive Bible study comes through the discussion that we have. Now, there are several organizations doing oral methods of training. There are several organizations that have oral tools as well. Um, Do you have your mega voice equipment? Do you have a couple of minutes to share with us real quick? As he comes up, let me demonstrate another oral tool here real quick. And he's going to talk about this in a second. Can you guys hear that? No, hold on. Can you hear it? Storytelling of the scripture, isn't it? Oral in content, oral in delivery. Now, check this out. Move it back for a second. In the evening and the morning. Then God said, let there be a great expanse of air divide the waters below from the waters above. Can you hear it? And God called the expanse okay. heaven. Go ahead and explain all this. I'll turn it off. Great. Um, we get the privilege to partner with God's story. And uh, I have had the privilege to travel to 45 countries and do training sessions with pastors and leaders. And I would say average 80% of the pastors that I'm training overseas are functionally illiterate. Um, They have not had... Microphone, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) We're close. Um, (laughs) They have not had the chance to go to Bible school, most of them, like what we would consider here in the U.S. And so how can they grow in the Word? And so that's where uh, we came across... Uh, the use of the little player, which God's Story uses. It's called Mega Voice. They are solar-powered, uh, virtually indestructible, uh, heat-resistant up to 150 degrees, water-resistant, and shock-resistant. No moving parts. Um, our new player, which comes out in January, holds up to 320 hours of audio. The player that uh, God's Story uses, I think, uh, is 80 hours of, of audio. So we provide that in a way so that um, not only can they have God's story, the Jesus film, uh, the New Testament or Bible if it's available in their language, but also we work with other mission groups, New Tribes Mission, SIM, Wycliffe, uh, Pioneers, JARS, and as they do the stories in the language, like the story you just heard, they will record that and put it on the player as well. And the person then can then take it from house to house to house and share that story, and then they turn it off, and then they have the time of discussion. And literally we have seen uh, villages and whole areas of countries transformed when people get into God's word and allow God's word to get into them. I know of no more strategic, impactful way to change a community than actually allowing God's word to do it. And uh, we have, um, like I said, the different players from a two-hour player up to a 320-hour player that we provide. Do you have your provide. little stuffed animal? Yes. I want you to see this. They're going in a direction for kids, and I love the direction they're going. Now, understand, Mega Voice builds the devices. Now, if you have information, medical information, wrap it in a story, diabetes training, Cleanliness, HIV, put it in a story so people remember the story. The information comes out of the story. Wrap it up, stick it on these audio players, and leave it with leaders in the village so they have that when you're gone. But don't forget the Bible because that's the hope for eternity. 
Um, these little uh, wildlife storytellers is uh, the people that we're partnering with to do this, and they're providing their, I didn't bring all the little animals, but there's seven little animals. There's a provide. zoo. Yeah, the whole <laughs> zoo. And um, they all have a little pouch, and in the pouch goes the storyteller, so that these children uh, in orphanages, uh, a lot of them, the, the initial ones, are ones that have been saved out of sl- uh, slave and sex trafficking and or abuse situations. And so they can cuddle up to the little animal and then listen to the God stories, the stories that are in their language. And um, so it's very easy to use little one-button player that we have for them. And that's just another way to, again, reach those that, you know, otherwise um, telling them something is not going to be nearly as impactful as a story that will communicate. And just to add on to what Andrew's saying, that, you know, we're taught that the best way to teach someone is by example, right? To show them. The second best way is by a story. So if you can do that when you're going and doing training and medical stuff, of course you're going to do the training, show them, but leave them a story that can then reinforce that and remind them. Talk to me afterwards if you need help taking your information and wrapping it in the stories, okay? Um, there was a pastor in Japan. Japan is Buddhist. In my estimation, I've been to more countries than him. And let me just say, I, can, I believe Japan is one of the most difficult to reach people group or countries in the world. Less than 0.4% are Christian. Less than 0.4%. And this man who is in his 60s has planted eight churches in Japan, which is a lot. They're Buddhists. And he said to me when he was growing up, his parents said, you need to follow the way of the Buddhists. They're easier to understand than the Christians. How do you think they were hearing Christian information for his parents to tell him that? Uh, Radio, but the information coming across most likely was in three-point sermons. Okay, David, are you ready with your stuff? Come on up. This is also another gentleman. Uh, David has his booth upstairs or downstairs? Up here, Mega Voice is up here too. They're solar powered devices, both of them. Both serve a very good need. Go ahead, David. I'm going to stand close to you. Your wife okay? She's just, doing great. Just checking. She's doing good. Okay, yeah, everything's good. fine. <laughs> Hi, I'm David with Renew. We, I'll just pick up right where you left off there with video, the other side of it. So this is audio. You can add video to it. And this is Lael. This is not Anna. This is Lael. She's going to be setting up some equipment here. You can actually now add, with new technology, you can start adding video to the audio component. And it was interesting. Lael said something to me while you were telling your story. And she said, imagine if what she did, as you dramatize, she said, it helps me remember when you're dramatizing. You guys watched that, how she was doing the drama thing. She said, imagine if on the screen behind her, you actually had like a full video. Well, (laughs) this is the typical video camera that you're used to, right? Well, this is my cell phone. Mom. A projector. Wait a minute. For the recording. Here it is. This is the new technology. This is now a video projector. Isn't that fun? And so, on this, this one, there's, uh, this one actually has a community development program on it that they're putting in multiple languages to be used in the field. And if it were dark in this room, in a completely dark environment, this little projector would fill that whole screen. That's something. Something like this only costs about $300. You can buy it on Amazon.com. And you can buy small amplifiers. Just like the one you saw over there. You can get something like this up. Amazon, too. You want to hold that? Yep, I got it. I'll talk about it. (laughs) This is an Optoma. O-P-T-O-M-A. Optoma. Dell makes a handheld-sized projector. There's several out there. Samsung's got one. They're called okay. LED projectors, if you want to write them. LED projectors. Now, the, the, most of you know that the LED bulbs don't require that much power, so they'll last longer than 20, these types. 20,000 hours. They don't burn out. They don't get hot. They run off battery. 
what we do is we make solar-powered battery systems to go with these. So when you're in remote areas, there's a solar panel. And there's batteries which like this, and you put the battery with the solar panel, and you charge it in the sun for a day. And with that, you can run various devices. Like this looks like a regular digital picture frame, but it's actually a video player. It shows movies also. So this is being used to train people around the world in medical and also in discipleship purposes. Lots of equipment. Go ahead and see him at his table when you have time. Go ahead. Is your intent to leave that equipment with the people? It is. Some of it is used by professionals for educating, but because the units are smaller and less expensive now, you can actually give it to locals and empower them to How use it. Uh, most of them are fairly indestructible. This goes on a shaker board for like 20 minutes. Uh, some of them are waterproof. The batteries will be waterproof. They just they last about five years. Yeah. What shipper is called? It's called Renew. 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 Yeah, big blue tent. Yeah. So, so we have them up to uh, 1,000 people can see the presentation. If you've seen Jesus' film, can I give this the to Jesus you? Jesus' film presentation. Yeah, it's 400 pounds. Now we do it in 40 pounds in a backpack, mm. all solar powered. So there, there's ways to do presentations. You can show the gospel using the 1,000 languages of the Jesus film, and then you can come behind it with an audio Bible, which Faith Comes By Hearing provides in 500 languages, and use the audio Bible to plant the church or to empower the locals. So there's creative ways to harness emerging technologies to advance the kingdom of God. Thanks a lot, David. I appreciate that. Watch, your, watch yourself. You're going to trip me. <laughs> we started using... The Mega Voices in about 2003, 2004, I came back from a conference in Thailand. I'd spent some time in between the busy booth times. I would go over to the Mega Voice table, and I'd take a look, and I'd go, sounds good, looks indestructible. And I said to Dorothy, who's the executive director, we need to look at this again and reevaluate using this product. So we... Before I even hit the ground in the United States, she already had a couple there. We had our leaders from all over the world because we were celebrating our 100th language of God's story. And she said to them, what do you guys think? And they said, one guy from Nigeria says it's the best thing to come out of the West in years. Okay. Now, we field tested those mega voices before we started buying and distributing. And the... What happened, that the stories that came in from all over the world were overwhelmingly positive. So Dorothy gets on the horn and starts talking to leaders of other various organizations sending out missionaries. She was talking to one very big leader and says, you've got to take a look at these. And the guy says, well, we've seen those. They, are, they don't work. They're not replicable. And Dorothy told me, that. I said, whoa. Whoa. I said, they work fine. The problem they're having is the content they're putting on the players isn't working. So rather than taking a look at the content, they're blaming the players. That's simply a delivery system. Whatever you put on them, make sure the content is oral in nature, and that's where you're going to see a whole lot of success come as a result. And the bottom line, there's a term that goes around missions called replicability, replicable, None of us are replicable. We go out, we come back. We don't leave ourselves there. Some of us do, but most of us don't. Replicability should not be an issue. The content, make sure that is oral in nature and it will be replicated without you, even without the devices. The content is what people are passing on. Now, let's talk about some of the other oral content out there like the Jesus film it's the story of Luke I'm going to talk to you about the power of starting in the beginning of the scriptures and going chronologically if you have that luxury I highly recommend it because what it does is it lays a foundation for who Jesus is and why he came there are lots of places who have led with the New Testament only and they will go back a year later and they will say where are all the people that raised their hands so their solution is, let's disciple them harder. Instead of asking the question in the first place, did they really accept Jesus as their Lord? Just because they raised their hand, when you're dealing with a society that is relational, if one person raises their hand, they're all raise their hand sometimes, and they're not sure why. 
So if you start in the beginning, you lay that foundation, put Jesus in context, showed God had a plan from the beginning, you give them the greatest advantage. So, for example, we're hearing if you play God's story first, which happens to start in the beginning, and then you play the Jesus film after that, they say the impact is better than anything they've seen. It's the reason why, God's story is the reason why the Jesus film started putting seven minutes of Old Testament on their Jesus films. So that's the power of the Old Testament, starting in the beginning, going chronologically. I've done stories all over the world. I don't just train people how to do what you saw me do. I also use this wherever I go. I was at a prison a couple weeks ago. Yes, they let me out. These were 12 to 18 years, old, 18 years old boys in there because they were involved in gangs, drugs. One kid a year ago when I went said he was on his way to kill somebody when he was arrested. So these are pretty hardcore kids. There are about a dozen in this group, and I've done this two years in a row now at this particular prison, different kids, and both times the kids have opened up. One boy last year said, I've tattooed 666 across my forehead. Will God accept me? What is our natural tendency as a Christian to respond to that question? Yes. But rather than telling him, I wanted him to take the Bible story home in his heart. So I turned to all the other kids and said, and it happened to be the same story. I said, what do you guys think from the story? Can we find an answer to that question? So together the kids dug in and said, yes, because Jesus said, I'm willing. He's not just interested in the outside. He's interested in the inside. And they themselves discovered the answer. They own the story. Now they're going to start making choices based on God's word. And isn't that what we want? So uh, this year, same thing happened. Those folks who go every week to that prison afterwards said to me, I've never seen these kids open up like this. Same results, different year. It works. Kids aren't looking for DVDs. They're not looking for entertainment. They're looking for hope, truth, and something they can latch on to and grow with. And there is nothing better than the Word of God. Nothing. It's the reason that young boy, when, um, oh, I wish I could remember his name, two nights ago, the plenary said, uh, did you notice his attitude when he's dying of cancer? And it was, it's okay, I know where I'm going. Most of us would be like, <gasps> oh, no, that's not an easy thing to deal with. Okay, so let me just go through, because I've got to finish up here real quick. There's some... Names on the board, Pam, or somewhere, there's a white piece of paper. If you're looking for those names and you don't feel like writing them down, we will email you those names. Okay, but I want to go through them real quick so you have an idea. I put the most important ones first because it's, well, two of them are ours, but that's all right. <laughs> Oralbible.com is the International Orality Network, ION. They have a conference every year in September that talks about reaching oral communicators. You're going to get a lot of this information and then some. Various methods out there. You'll kind of go to oralbible.com. Take a look at some of the different organizations on their website. Story for All is brilliant. If you want podcasting and you want to listen to the interviews, no matter who you go with, or who you think you're going to go with for training in orality or for products in orality, find out how it's working. People can tell you what they have, but if they can't tell you how it's working, we have an issue, don't we? I can tell you stories of how simply the story is working because that's what I teach people. And in about a week or so, we're going to have the new website online for simplythestory.com. And that's the method you heard me do here. We teach people how to listen and respond. We don't teach them to memorize questions. It's a big difference. Godstory.org, we are also downstairs. That's the video or the audio that you heard playing over here of creation to eternity. Megavoice.com is uh, the devices. Uh, Daryl, is that right? Yes. Daryl is um, U.S. representative? 
U.S. representative for Mega Voice, and they have the animals, etc. Renew Outreach Ministries. You're going to have to ask David their website because I didn't get a chance to look that up. I apologize. And several other organizations to the right. New Tribes Missions has chronological Bible teaching. It is different. You have to spend time in the tribe several years to find out how to find, you know, to learn the language and find out what words to use before you can spend three or four months teaching through the Bible chronologically. Good organization if you know somebody who wants to spend a lot of time out in the field. A global recordings has five to six thousand different languages out there. Field test them first before you buy a lot. Take what is in the language you're interested in. Take it to your leaders. Ask them, what do you think? And if they like it, take several samples out there in their language. Tell me which one you want, which one you like, and then invest in what's going to work the most. Okay? The Hope Project, very similar to GodStory.org. It's a little different. They don't have as many languages. GodStory has 270 languages of uh, Genesis to Revelation, um, but still good stuff. Some people prefer the hope. Faith comes by hearing. If you have an iPod, an Android, or one of those little phones, go to um, go to uh, Bible.is. Faith Comes by Hearing puts that together. You can download it for free to your iPhone, iPod, whatever. It's great. And it will read the Bible to you. Bible.is. Now, there's a paper somewhere. If you put your little sticky there, we will email you these websites. We will not put you on a mailing list unless you put mailing list next to your tag. And then you will go on simply the story, God story mailing list. And all we send out is every month or two, what God is doing around the world as a result. It's encouraging to the body of Christ. That's why we send it out. Oral strategy, Orality strategies, that's IMB's model, International Mission Board. They do storying. What we do is based on storying and then expanded. They teach five basic questions. A little bit different. Okay, any questions? And I apologize for going over. Any questions, any thoughts? One thing... Be- uh, the God Story Project slash Simply the Story. We are downstairs across from Samaritan's Purse Children's Heart Project. This gives a whole lot more information on orality. It is free. Come and pick this up up here. There's plenty there. Thank you very much for your time, folks.